Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's your college football roundtable. We're live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders right here in Linden. Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. Come grab some jazz gear, get some delicious food, mention The Zone, get free fries, enter to win BYU-Utah tickets. We're doing it all down here. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Uh, begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Uh, park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Patrick Kinahan jumps on the mic, and PK, it didn't take you much time to jump into the food either. No, it's good food, man. I've been down here many times, and I heard John Beck was going to be on. And John and I, two Arizona guys, we go back a long time. So if John's going to be here, I got to be here. And PK just got back from a Rolling Stones concert, so he's in, in a good mood. Yeah, so he's ready to he's ready to roll. He can't hear that well, but he's in a he's in a good mood. <laughs> All right, joining us now, of course, uh, BYU great quarterback. He is John Beck with us here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. John, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. All right, John, tell us, uh, give us your tale of the tape, your gut feeling going into this big rivalry game. You know, I'm really curious to see how this thing plays out because, you know, I haven't had a chance to see Utah since last, since last year's game, right? I watched them in the Pac-12 championship, but what I mean is I haven't seen them since last year. But there's all this hype, right, of the type of program that they are and what's expected of them. And, you know, Lee Corso's picking them to make the college playoff and, they're already a top 15 team to start the season. So I'm really interested to see what this Utah team really looks like. I want to see offensively what BYU is going to do. Now having Zach Wilson with those last handful of games under his belt, the tweaks that were made at the end of last season, and then what they've done over this offseason to give an offense that is fit and put together for Zach, his strengths, and the guys around him. Because there was a bit of a adaptation, like, an adaptation offensively that BYU went through last year where they changed because of the change of quarterback. So those are kind of the two big things I want to see. And, you know, I hope things can work out well for the Cougars. They're obviously having to go up against a tough opponent, but it's at home. It's going to be an exciting environment. And those are my two main things. And I hope at the end of it, the Cougars come out on top. John, I wanted to ask you, how important is it for a quarterback to develop a go-to guy? I'm expecting Matt Bushman to have a big game, to have a big season. Uh, is that just sort of a, a, a security blanket for a quarterback to know there's a guy out there he can go to? Absolutely. I think it's uh, right on when you think that because there are situations where you have a chemistry, you just have so much faith and trust in that guy that you will throw balls that maybe with another receiver you would consider covered, but because it's that guy, you give him a chance. And I think if you go back and look at a lot of just these great, you know, quarterbacks that have done well, you can almost link them with somebody that they have had a lot of great games and chemistry with during their time. I mean, I, I can remember being around Drew Brees one time, and when he found out that Jimmy Graham wasn't going to get brought back to the Saints, he was in the middle of his workout, but he was furious because that was his guy. That was his guy that he could trust in those situations. And I had a guy like that in Johnny Harleen, and 
I think if you look back, back after me when Max Hall came in, he had Dennis and Austin. I mean, it's just it's been good for quarterbacks historically to have a guy like that. John, I see all sorts of parallels between you and Zach Wilson. You know, I was covering you guys back then on a day-to-day basis for the newspaper, and you had come from Arizona. I lived down there. I know the program that you had come from was pretty good. My wife teaches at Corner Canyon here in uh, Utah and Draper, so I know their program, know the coaches. It's pretty good. You both come in at a time that the program is not at its peak. You play a little bit as a freshman. Expected to play as a sophomore. We know by the time you were a senior, you were absolutely sensational. I want you to go back and think about, put yourself in Zach Wilson's mindset right now, the adjustments that you had to make from high school to college, and then what you were able to do from that first year of getting of experience and then into your second year, and how much different, or I don't want to say necessarily easier it was, but how much better was the situation from freshman to sophomore year? Well, I think in my case, there are some similarities with Zach and some differences. I would say, you know, similarities are coming in with a lot of confidence because you come from a program that has won. And when I came to BYU, I just, you know, my last football season was, you know, before my mission, but we went, I think it was 13-1, and won a state championship. I've been named the player of the year. So confidence is high, right? And you're excited to go in and make your mark at the college. So there's similarities there. I love to work. I love to practice. I know Zach's the same way. One of the differences would be when I came home from my mission, the type of offense that Gary Croton was running was so different from what I ran in high school. And I know that nowadays with the spread offense and how it's gone into the high school ranks and with the tape and how kids can watch tape and these offenses and the way that they work together is guys are getting way more reps. Even if you look at the eleven on, uh, sorry, seven on seven that happens. Well, like when I was in high school, you maybe did a handful of seven on seven games in the summer. Now there are these circuits that kids come up in. So I think that might be one of the differences. But I can relate to probably what Zach's feeling right now because both of us played as freshmen, and even though it, there's probably some differences. When you play college football as a freshman, you are still learning a lot, and a lot of your experiences of learning happen on game day. And I can remember lots of times I'm running plays that, you know, I don't have a ton of experience running. But conceptually, it's good versus the defense that we're facing. So you have limited experience running it. You have limited experience playing at the level of college football. But you are going out there playing confidently and then sometimes you make mistakes. Going into that next year, you get to look back and have all that experience in your back pocket where, okay, I've done this before. I know what this feels like. Hey, I've ran this concept more than just the week that we put it in for the game, but I called it in my player-run workouts in the offseason. I've watched a lot of tape on this. The, the defense is slowing down. It's making sense to me now. Coverage is more. So that's that big thing when you go into your second year is, you kind of just have more clarity of what's going on around you. And people always say, yeah, the game slows down. But it's not so much that the, the game slows down because you see, you know, because you see more. It's because your understanding of why guys are moving, you know where the piece goes before the piece starts moving. And, okay, I, I get it now. I get what they're trying to do. I get what I'm trying to do. It's not just a play. It's I know why the coach is calling this play because of what the defense is doing. So I think that Zach going into this season feels those very things. It, it builds a lot of excitement. 
I remember feeling so confident going into that 2004 season, even though they were saying it was going to be one of the toughest schedules BYU ever had. I remember feeling so confident because I'm like, okay, I've done this. I feel settled in. Great things are going to happen. So I'm sure Zach feels the same way. John Beck is with us, BYU, uh, former BYU quarterback on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. John, talk about what Zach's going, on, uh, going through off the field a little bit. What's it like to be that big quarterback, big man on campus at BYU? Well, you know, I think he has something that's more unique than any quarterback that's ever played at BYU because I don't know if there's ever been anybody that was a straight youth from birth all the way until probably high school graduation, right? Until Or not high school graduation, but until he came over to BYU. So I think it's a unique perspective of him because he was so tied into that program. Now he's on this side. I think that brings an element into it in the rivalry because I grew up in Arizona. The rivalry that I grew up with was ASU-U of A. And I sat in every single game watching that game, and I was on the Sun Devil side. And I can't imagine what it would be like to all of a sudden if I chose to go play at U of A and was all of a sudden their starting quarterback. The feeling that go on with that. (laughs) Say it again. Don't even mention it, John. I'm an ASU grad. Don't even mention (laughs) the thought of you possibly going to Tucson. Yeah, no, I I would have never done it. My parents, my dad, (laughs) was a sun angel. He was a donor to Arizona State. We had baseball, football, and sometimes basketball tickets. It would have never happened. But with Zach, here you are the face of the BYU football program right now, but it's not a program that you grew up even watching. The only times you ever watched their games were when Utah played them. So I think that there's this thing that, yes, he's probably heavily invested in this rivalry, but it's not this thing that's inside of him where he was like bleeding blue since he was a kid. There are some players on BYU's team, they bled blue since they were a kid, and now they enter this rivalry and it, and it impacts them different ways. And I think for Max and myself, both coming up and growing up with a different rivalry, we knew with this game, we knew that Utah was the rival, but you don't grow up really having the rivalry inside of you. And I think that that helps a little bit. So, you know, I know Zach wants to win like crazy, and I know that being the, you know, the quarterback at BYU, especially for this game, it's, it's everything because everybody knows the quarterback's got to play pretty dang good to give us a chance. But I do think there's this unique thing about him. Because he's BYU's quarterback, it's not something he grew up aiming for. And I think a little bit of that can help. John, I know that you work with and coach a lot of different kinds of quarterbacks. If you were coaching uh, Tyler Huntley, what what would you tell him? Uh, Because obviously he's a great athlete, can throw it, he can run around a little bit. I mean, he shouldn't not utilize that ground game, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I can't sit here and say like I've seen enough of his tape to do a really great job of talking to him or giving him things. I've seen some of it enough to feel like I understand what he's trying to do with his game. And here's something that I've just learned as a player. In some games, when you are playing lesser talent, you can get away with playing only a certain aspect of your game and be successful. But this is why the NFL is such a competitive league because – you have to bring everything that you are capable of doing to the table in every game. And coaches coach you that way. And I think that that's why you look at a guy like Taysom Hill of why he's so valuable right now to the Saints. It's because of everything that he can do. And if I was, you know, coaching Tyler and saying, all right, here's a big game, here's what you got to do, I would absolutely say bring everything to the table because we're going to need all of it. You're not playing some team where, hey, 
we don't need your legs today. We need this. Nope, that's not what this game is going to be. And I know that right now in the state, people are probably saying that, you know, Utah has the, you know, more, um, more skill guys. They probably have more potential or whatever that is. And because of the uh, recruiting, well, it doesn't matter because this is going to be a huge game energy wise, a huge game emotionally, and it's always a close game. And so he absolutely needs to use everything that he can. Now, on the flip side of all this, <laughs> I hope that he doesn't, right? Like, because I want to see the blue guys win. I hope he doesn't. But I've also had situations and more situations will come up to me this year because I actually coach a handful of the quarterbacks that BYU plays against. So it's these unique things because all offseason long I'm coaching these guys that I know in a couple weeks they're going to be playing against each other. And then a couple weeks after that, they're going to be playing against each other again. So, you know, I try to be good about what I give them because I care about the people and I care about them performing well. Sure, we understand that. That's the way it goes as you get older and you being in that business. You mentioned yourself uh, growing up in the Sun Devil situation there. Uh, they've got, uh, obviously, they're going to be a, uh, an opponent of Utah. They're starting a freshman quarterback, first-year freshman quarterback, just like SC did last year, Zach Wilson, JT Daniels. Now, he comes back. He's going to be starter his second year. Uh, what type of transition is it to go from high school to college as a first-year freshman all of a sudden being a starting quarterback from day one? You know, my experience was it was like – I was playing a different game in some aspects because conceptually, schematically, all these different things were just so different. I think nowadays, I don't want to use the word easier because I don't think it's easy by any means to have a freshman go out there and play. But I do believe that when they show up on campus, these freshmen nowadays, they are so much better prepared if they need to be plugged in and play because of what they've done. It's they have an understanding of the concepts. They have an understanding of the schemes that are going on. I think they're much better prepared for defenses and uh, to understand defenses than they were 15 years ago. But all of that being said, right, it's still a big challenge to put an 18-year-old kid out on the field having never started before. Like, you know, when I saw that Arizona State was going to do that, I've seen guys do that before. I think you just have to know as coaches and as a fan base – learning these experiences that he's going to have to go through, there's going to be some bad plays here or there. There's going to be some freshman mistakes. If you guys watched the Miami-Florida game the other day, Miami's redshirt freshman quarterback made a lot of young mistakes in that game. And some of those mistakes that he made should have never given him a chance to even possibly still be in the game at the end. But because of some mistakes Florida made, they were. I just think that, just like JT Daniels, I think JT Daniels is a great quarterback, I've had the opportunity to train with him uh, for the last couple of years, and he's exceptional in what he can do. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that he's going to have to go through some learning experiences when you put a young kid out on the field and say, all right, you're now the starting, the starting quarterback of this university. It's, it's still a very steep challenge. John, real quick before we let you go, I wanted to ask you what your reaction was and what your thoughts are on the retirement of Andrew Luck. You know, it was tough for me to see Andrew um, because to make that decision because he's such a really, really good special player. And I've had the opportunity through my mentor who has worked with uh, Andrew over the last couple seasons. So it, it wasn't as big of a shock to me as it was to other people because of some of the stuff that I know over these last couple seasons. Andrew is a very tough person who's had to battle through a lot of things. And 
when you see Andrew and how well put together he is and how big and strong and physical of a guy he is, to have somebody like that be having to battle through these injuries, it shows just how physical the NFL game is and how being a starting quarterback consecutively for years at a time takes its toll on the body. And anytime somebody's body keeps getting beat up, beat up, beat up, it takes a mental and emotional toll that most people don't understand. And so to see Andrew have to do that, a part of me, like, I, I, I hurt for the guy because he stood at a podium, and you don't want to see great players have to stand at a podium in tears and end their career earlier than they want to. You want to see the great players stand at the end of it at a podium and walk away from the game when they choose to walk away because they feel like, I've accomplished everything that I've wanted. It's time to leave. Andrews is because, hey, I, I want to be okay, personally. I want to be okay, and I need to make this decision for me. And that's tough. But I'm happy for him because it takes a lot of strength. And he's an exceptional guy, and he's going to be super successful in whatever he does afterwards. Um, and I think for him to stand in front and do what he did, I think he did make the right decision for him right now um, with everything that he's had to go through. It's tough. It's really tough. John, we can't thank you enough, as always, for giving us a few minutes and jumping on with us. Enjoy the game on Thursday. Thanks, guys. You guys, too. We'll see you. Thanks, John. Okay, I do not want to read Beck's comments here on the radio in the newspaper on Andrew Luck. I'm just saying. Oh, that's happening. No, I don't want the, that. That's the next Gordon you special coming right You've got two separate there. jobs here. Come on. I'm tired of him double dipping. When we go out to eat, he double dips. Oh, really? On the nachos? Yeah, all the time. In the French fries, like he's doing right now, he double dips. Now, he would defend himself right now, but he's got a mouthful of shoes. Exactly, fries, see? So. <laughs> I didn't hear a word he said. Oh, good, did he, did good. Did he say something? He did, yeah, and it, it could get really awkward, he's so too, that makes me happy. He's double dipping, see? That's hey, why. Hey, he gives uh, the station love. He mentions his co-host. That's all I care. You button it up over there. Well, he never mentions the morning show. So? Why would he do that? That's because good. we're a That's team. Because I, I never take anything from the morning show. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, I know, because every jazz guest goes to your show. I get it. Wow. Why, does it have to, why does it have to be like Let's this? Let's see. GM, owner, new president, uh, Ed Davis, Jeff Green, Mike Conley. Yeah, well, I get it. Well, I get hold it. on a I get second it. here. Let's look at this, well, up. Let's look at this objectively. Uh, yeah, no, let's look at it objectively. If you were... Uh, I got Joe Ingles, and were, you were uh, handed everybody if, else. If you were, let's uh, look at it objectively. If you, if you were objective, <laughs> what show would you rather come on? Yeah, right. That's yeah, a great see, point. I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. I got it, because which show is going to get the most softballs? Exactly. Precisely. Oh, there's a word that I was about to use for that comment, but I better not. No, please don't. That is PK. How do you say truth in German? That is Gordon. Are we going to be nice? We've got, we've got, we've got like 45 minutes to go here in, of this roundtable. we gotta, we got to get along. I, I didn't start it. And when, yeah, you did. And when you Peter, did start when, it. Whose oh, show would please, you rather be come on? come on. I was kidding around. Besides, so was I. when Kyle Whittingham comes on your show, you two are yucking it up like longtime buddies. We are. You did accuse him of double dipping. He does. That's where it started. That's where it started. There's no accusations if it's true. This conversation was totally uncalled for. I agree. I couldn't agree more. In fact, let's break it up, shall we? We're here at Marley's. Everybody's in a good mood because everybody's eating food. PK's piling away the shoestring fries. Gordon already put down a slider or two. He's got some fries going. You both are going at shakes. I had, uh, and uh, Sam joins us. And Sam, remind me of the uh, the name of this one with the chicken and the bacon and the avocado because 
because that thing is something special. That one is our Mick. The Mick is one of our most popular very ones. Very good. I can see why. Oh, very good. And uh, you, you know, it just uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you guys are the the king of flavor. You put these flavors together, and it just it just goes together so well. And you can mix and match. You can go with uh, you can go with the Mick. You can put that with the pastrami or the tri tip fajita like DJ had earlier, and it just. It, it's a unique dining experience. Oh, yeah. They're gourmet sliders. I mean, you just can't get anything better than that. How'd you guys come up with the idea for this whole thing? I think they ate a hamburger and thought, well, this is kind of boring. Let's see what we can do to spice it up. <laughs> so we, we made it really nice, and, uh, and it turned out absolutely fantastic. And you've been taking such great care of our listeners. If they come in and mention The Zone, you're hooking them up with the, a free batch of fries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the shoestring fries, too. And they're the best things in the world. Really. I, I'm with Scotty. He was saying this earlier. You know, the steak fry isn't necessarily my thing. I like the shoestring fry. With the, yeah, it's like gnawing on a whole potato, you know? Yeah, this is like that? the perfect amount of crispy, um, perfect amount of fry for every bite. Terrific. It's going to change your life. And you've got the red and blue Cookie Monster Shake celebrating Rivalry Week. So come in and uh, pick the color. And you did mention earlier you're partial to the blue. I am. And we make it with about 25% more love. So <laughs> so come in and grab it. Sam, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hey, thanks for coming in. All right. Marley's Gourmet Sliders. We're in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building, 555 South Geneva Road. Come join us here in Linden. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Have you heard about the lonesome loser beaten by? It is the big show. It's our college football roundtable special here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders down here in Linden, 555 South Geneva Road in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. So easy to get to. Come enjoy these delicious sliders. If you mention The Zone, they're going to hook you up with free fries. Don't forget that they have delicious breakfast as well. Breakfast burritos, bottomless French toast, bottomless pancakes. They're truly the best. Come on by and experience it for yourself. We also want to remind you to join the zone in ARUP Friday, August 30th from 10 to 3 at ARUP on 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. It takes uh, only about 30 minutes, and you will receive a Megaplex gift card, popcorn voucher, uh, voucher, not to mention great jazz gear. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, Austin Horton also hanging out with us as well as we get you ready for the upcoming college football season. And PK, I want to uh, start with you in this segment because you have a column uh, coming out at 1280thezone.com, coming out tomorrow as you do each and every week. And we talked about the hype train with the guys in the 4 o'clock hour for the sure. youths. And I want I wanted to get your thoughts on the Cougs as well because I know you're doing a bit of a, a prediction special. But what do you make of the hype of what's surrounding this year's Utah team? Is it out of control or is, is it something that's attainable? I think it's something that's attainable, but we can't say it's out of control until we get to November <clears throat> because if they bombed, then it was out of control. It's an only thing that you can judge in retrospect. It's fun now. I've been saying all along that they should just wallow in it. And so it may not be a once-in-a-lifetime, but it's once in their lifetime because nobody at the U of U, as far as a player, I think Gordon would agree with this, has had this type of hype as a team. And 
they're probably not going to get it. I can't necessarily predict the freshmen. But the juniors, I don't think they're going to get it next year because so many kids are going to leave the team and go into the NFL, I might add. So this is the year. And I think the South is going to get better. When you hire brand-new coaches, you've got to allow them time to develop. And so they got four coaches, three of whom are in their second years, one of whom is in his first year in the division. So naturally, they deserve some time to get better. They're not really good right now. They can have an opportunity, whether they are better or not. I will not. We won't know until we get there. But the point being, the division is not that strong. So they should be outside of Clemson in your beloved ACC. There's no other team that should be favored to win its division more than Utah. So yes, absolutely, the hype is justified because it's preseason hype. It's not in-season hype. It's preseason hype, and preseason hype is only evaluated at the postseason. So I've got no problem with it. Well, I, I want to steal a take that I heard you say um, uh, on your show with David James. I think it was last, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I was out of town last week, but I, I thought you made a terrific point, and I want to see what uh, what Gordon thinks about it because I, I hear a lot of people out there saying, "Oh, playoffs is too lofty for the Utes," but then you say, "Oh, can they win the conference?" And that same person will go, oh, "Well, yeah." But I thought you made a terrific point where you said, "If you win the Pac-12." And the level of league that it's at, shouldn't you be considered for a playoff team? I mean, that shouldn't yeah. be outlandish. It's embarrassing to the Pac-12 if it's not. If it, I, I thought you were, I thought you were right on the money when you said that. But Don't that's, you? but that's the track record in recent years. Well, Washington made it a couple of years ago well, with long, a bad how, schedule too. How long I ago add. was that? Uh, three years ago, yeah. Browning sophomore year. Yeah, I. So it was two. Yeah, yeah. two seasons ago. Two I, mean, seasons I think right. all these projections on the Utes being so good are. Are justified. Uh, one one thing I, I agree with what PK said, except for I think we're going to find out. We can find out whether it's overhyped by the first or second week of October. No, I disagree. Uh, I don't because if they if they lose these games, if they go down to USC and lose that game, let's say they lose to BYU, it doesn't affect conference. I get that. They lose to BYU and then they go down to, and lose to the Trojans. They started zero two last year. I know. Year I'm not done yet. And then they lose the next week, or if they don't look good against Northern Illinois, you know, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, if they lose, if they lose three games, conference games, then I think, based on the projections that we've heard about how great they're going to be, I think we'll be able to draw some conclusions. The, the, The goal is Rose Bowl. And if they get to the Rose Bowl with six losses, that's all that matters. Now, obviously, they're not going to, but they look crappy against Northern Illinois last year. Well, and I they think, did. Yeah, I, I guess did. so. They but I, I think the expectations are that they get 10 wins, you know. If they get and, to the Rose Bowl, it's a successful season. Now, with that in mind, they're probably most likely going to have to go 7-2, and two, which then three wins in the non-conference obviously gets you to 10. So yeah. I think we're saying the, the same but thing. But the likelihood, we are, but the likelihood if they're 7-5, and five, Oh, they're, they're not going to the Rose Bowl. They're not, not going to win the Rose Bowl. No, no, no. I'm not worried about winning it, but going there. Going yeah. there. No, not at 7-5 and five for sure. Yeah. But we, but they started 0-2 this last season, and they rallied. So I'm not. But they didn't have the expectations a year ago that they have now. I agree on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. But I don't think that anybody else in the South did either. And I can argue that the South is not better than it was last well, year. The, it's worse. The argument is may, that may the be South better. is really not very good. Right. And, and so they open with SC at there at the road. You and I will both be down there. And then Washington State. They could very well start a win, too. 
Washington State is going to be good. I'm with you on that. I think Washington State wins the North. Okay. Do you really? I do. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, Washington State or Oregon, I guess I should throw the Ducks in there too. But you're, my, you're my down, whole thing is, the Huskies, is I think Washington State will be better than Washington. Well, they've yet to beat them on their leech. I think they're 0 for 6, so they have got to do it now. And they picked the incumbent over, or not incumbent, I guess, but they picked the kid in the system they, they over at Jabru. A, uh, a, a returning senior who has very little experience, but if I'm going to have little experience, I want to have that little experience with Mike Leach. Yep. <laughs> uh, I want to get Austin's thoughts on this, on how much uh, the Ute hype and, and what you're buying into, Austin, and kind of your thoughts on this conversation. Well, it's a lot of hype. It's a lot to buy into. It's a, it's a lonely place, it seems, to not buy all the way into it. And then Lee Corso did what he did, and then it seems a little more sane in this market to suddenly say, oh, I don't know about all the way to the national championship over a club like Clemson. That's... I mean, even if Utah is living up to its hype this season, Clemson is still way ahead of them, in my opinion. So on a national level, I've been talking all offseason long how the Pac-12 just doesn't look favorable in the eyes of the college football committee. Deserved or undeserved, that's just how it is. And historically, they haven't chosen teams out west to be in that thing. It would take a lot, I think, for Utah to get in there. If they lose to BYU, I think that's, I think it's over on that, honestly. Even if BYU goes on to win their next three games, I don't think Utah's going to get in this season. I just don't. Now, on a conference scale buy into it all the way get excited book your tickets in pasadena i don't care what you do live it up because looking down the line it may be a couple seasons before utah gets a shot like this again i'll tell you though pk would warn you against doing that uh from your years of covering that league and watching that league that it's a you know predicting that it's going to happen and having it actually happen and that's that's a mile apart one from another it can be because this conference's strength is in its depth it's not in necessarily its top heavy power and they don't get the national respect and lee corso now has become the positive version of frank hughes remember frank (laughs) hughes had his infamy because he picked the jazz to win nine games and then when he got to 10 oh it's house money it's like okay it's just one guy's pick let's not go crazy on whether it's good or bad. DJ I mean, was on. dogging him big time earlier because DJ's, He's a dope. DJ, <laughs> DJ's looking at this thing realistically, I think. And, oh, of course. Uh, He's and, Mr. Realistic. And there's a reason that uh, the youths the are being picked the way they are. They're really good. They have a lot of athletes, and so will they live up to their potential? You've talked about it. Both you guys have talked about the difference between being the hunter and the hunted. And, and uh, I, I just, I guess... We'll just have to wait and see. I'll believe it as I see it, but I do believe that the Utes have the potential to win this conference. And by sure the conference, I'm talking about the, the championship game. Well, that's uh, whoever comes the out of the north. Yeah. I mean, those guys—they probably have. They probably what PK? They probably have four teams in the north that are better than the second best team in the. In oh, the that's south. absolutely correct. But and Utah has the best chance to win the conference because they have the easiest path to get to the conference yeah. final it's a dream and so schedule, you really. can pick them as the dominant team out of the south whereas the north you can't pick you've got a, maybe a 25 percent chance if you're going to pick four teams any one of those four teams but i do think the utes have some shortcomings and so it's not like they're a great perfect team by any stretch this is not sc of 04 by any stretch this is a team that whose offensive line got destroyed by Washington last year, and they're trying to replace multiple guys along that offensive line. We're not sure about that. This is a team that has receivers 
uh, can catch a cold, but they can't catch a football half the time. And so just because they're a year older doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be all that good. Their best receiver is 142 pounds. And you're going to expect him to last the whole season. Your quarterback has been hurt two years in a row. You're going to expect him to last the whole season. Now, I hope the answers to all those questions are yes, they will last the whole season. But I have some doubts there. And they have, and they have almost no depth at linebacker. They can pretend they do, but they don't. And so they're susceptible to injury at that position. So like any team out there in the Pac-12, they certainly are not this perfect football team. And they would tell you that, too. So, so why is Lee Corso picking them to be in the well, national I mean, because, I mean, Who cares what Lee Corso I mean, says? But, 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 but still, he's a voice. Because you know? he, he's a guy. And, and he, <laughs> you got a problem with old guys? Well, he's paid to be out there. That's what he's supposed to do. So what are you going to do? You're going to go Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And maybe if you're ballsy, you go Georgia. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who's talking about that if he picks those teams? So why not? In, in, in 2015, you know who Herb Street picked as the fourth team to get to the playoff? Who's that? ASU? Yes. And they didn't even have a winning record that year. <laughs> but because Herb Street is viewed as the more formidable guy, nobody says anything. But he picked them. You go back and check it. It's a fact. He picked them. You remember. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and, they, and they totally bombed. So it, they, they have a shot. It goes back uh, uh, in defense, of course. So not that I want to defend his opinion because his opinion is his opinion. If you win the Pac-12, you should be considered in August. Not maybe in December, which is the only time it matters, but you should be considered a potential playoff possibility. If you are not, then this conference is in far worse shape than I ever imagined. All right, we'll get PK's thoughts on uh, BYU. We'll get Austin and Gordon's thoughts as well. Coming up right around the corner, we are live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders. We're right here in the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. Come see us. We're right off the freeway, 555 South Geneva Road. And uh, Marley's has been kind enough to stack up a bunch of food in front of us. And Sam joins us now. And, Sam, really, the food is so terrific, but you guys use the best ingredients. Yeah, um, never frozen meat. Um, Everything's fresh. Uh, and we do our best to make sure that it's as gourmet as possible. I mean, we're gourmet sliders after all. And I love it that you guys are local, not only the, the location here in Linden, but you've also moved into the Salt Lake Valley as well. Yeah, we did. We're really excited about that store. We're, it's a cool location. Oh, yeah. It's a great building, great spot. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to, you know, reflect the atmosphere. If you haven't been here, it's just a great atmosphere, and we've tried to reflect that across our stores. Don't forget out here about the, the drive through as well, and make sure and mention the zone, because, uh, Sam, you're hooking folks up with fries. Yeah, and just not any fries, shoestring fries, the best kind. The absolute best, and don't forget about the shakes and support uh, your team with the red or blue cookie monster shake. Yeah, and what he failed to mention is that the blue one is better. Tastes tastes a lot better. More love, <laughs> you said. More a lot love. More love. A lot more love than that one. All right, take advantage of it, Sam. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hey, we really, really, really happy you guys came down today. So, all right, five fifty-five South Geneva Road. We'll have more next. Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The legend himself, Eric Weddle. You still enjoy this week, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny to go through my timeline on Twitter and see all some old teammates who have went to uh, the Y and who I'm close with. But then just to hear some of their comments, it's just like, come on, guys. This is what it is, man. Praying's not going to help. This year's just going to be like all the other years. But we sit back. We let our play do the talking. The youth win ninth year in a row and everything is at bay and, and stays status quo in the state of utah 
Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. BYU, Utah. Another chapter in the Holy War is about to be written. And the Zone Sports Network has the game covered from every angle. Right now, it is my pleasure to introduce... This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. College Football Roundtable 97.5 and 1280 The Zone live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders here in Linden, the Timpanogos Harley-Davidson building. Having a lot of fun, eating a lot of great food, and you can too. Come t- uh, sample the sliders. Tell me, listen to The Zone. They're going to hook you up with a free batch of fries. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, Austin Horton hanging out as well. And I want to talk about BYU guys and uh, PK. We want to talk about expectations. But, uh, Gordon, we've, we've chatted a little bit about this, and I, I want to get PK's thoughts. I don't know if it's necessarily about number of wins for BYU this year. I, I mean, I know that has something to do with it, PK. But I think it has to do with who they beat as well. And I know Gordon wrote about this a little bit in his column today. But out of those Power 5 teams and then the three Mountain West schools who they're going to compare themselves to with Boise, uh, San Diego State, and Utah State, they've got to win more than they lose there. Well, you're judged by your record. That's the bottom line. I don't care how many guys you graduate, how many great service projects they do. All that stuff is nice, and it's important, but you're judged by your record. We love Donovan Mitchell because he got him to the Jazz playoffs, the Jazz at the playoffs. If he goes out there and doesn't get him in the playoffs, he's not going to be any less of a person, but we're not going to love him as much. So you're judged by your record. I don't care how they do it. They've got to get to eight wins. They had four wins two years ago. They moved it up to seven wins. So you've got to continue to show progress. This is Sataki's fourth year. We love him dearly. Everybody loves him. That's not an issue. And he's everybody's friend. We've known him for 5,000 years. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody says the same thing. But this is his fourth year in the program. And more importantly, all the coaches are his. He was saddled with coaches he didn't want. And now that's done. And this is the second year of all the coaches are his. And so his most of the players are his. So they've got to find a way to get to eight wins. That's the bottom line. I don't care who you beat, how you beat them. If you get to eight wins in the regular season, it's a success. Well, we talked about this the other day, though, Gordon. If they lose their first four games, how easy is it going to be to get to eight wins? Yeah, obviously very difficult, but I'm trying to look. I'm just looking at BYU's schedule right now. Where are the eight wins? They start with Utah. Right. I mean, Tennessee on the road. We talked to Josh Parcell. He said the volunteers are going to be greatly improved. This he also year. said the hurricanes were going to be good. So yeah, he's yeah. a guy from the East Coast, too. Yeah. So, I mean, let's call I, it. I but, think, but I mean, he covers Tennessee closely. He does. So. I, I think they can beat the Vols. Okay. So, and then SC at home. Uh, that, that's a real question mark. I mean, I don't know how good SC is going to be, but obviously they have fine athletes there. And Washington at home uh, at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Huskies took the Cougars apart last year. They just took them apart. They made them look silly. And then back at Toledo, that's a win. You would expect them to get that. How's South Florida going to be this year? You guys know? They have a quarterback named Blake Barnett who went to Alabama. 
and was considered all that, and then he left. He got beat. He is that started. the Arizona kid? He is a Southern California kid. Mm. If you'd let me finish, uh, he uh, went to Alabama, started the first game, and then they brought in Hertz, and then Hertz took over. Then he left, went to a junior college, transferred to ASU. Wilkins beat him out, and then he transferred to the Central Florida. But it, I don't care what their schedule is. They've got to find a way Boise to get eight State. games. We heard Scotty talk earlier that Boise State – has the potential to go undefeated because this he's year. an Aggie, and so he's making excuses for when they beat Utah State. And I love you, Scotty, speak, but let's call it like it is. Speaking of the Aggies, they go up to play in Logan at Maverick Stadium. That's no no dream well, thing. Well, well, we know that and the they, Aggies are going to have a defeat a defeat on their schedule then because they're going to lose to Boise State, <laughs> right? If they're going to go undefeated, Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, those are all wins, and then wrapping it up at San Diego State. That'll be a tough game. Yeah, so as Homo said, said at Education Week, if you want ten wins, he can schedule ten wins. If that's what you want, well, nobody, nobody I, wants that. Well, his implication there is that uh, that it that he's would be more benevolent or more forgiving of uh, Kalani Sataki not winning eight games. He can be whatever he wants, but they got to find a way to win eight games. It's going to be tough. I don't think. Yeah, they're of course, gonna it's going to get be yeah. tough. But so what? I don't think they're going to get eight. I never said it was going to be easy. I just said it was going to be worth it. That's what you told Jackie like thirty years, like forty years. That's what ago. I just told Jake right now, <laughs> when he was our producer and he's twenty-one years old, dragging his butt out of bed. God, that was rough. <laughs> See, that was a rough few. I years. never said it was going to be easy. What was that like taking barking, uh, having PK bark orders? At I you never know, barked orders. PK never anybody. barked orders. Now, now DJ on the other hand, you know, he was. I was fighting for my job every day. If I didn't have Monson on my side, I'd be out on the street. I will say, I love producing <laughs> DJ and PK. Really, what was so great about that? I love DJ and PK because I was so easygoing. They do a great show. They're a lot of fun. I hated getting up early. But once I once you get out of bed and you're you get into the show, it wasn't so bad. Uh, sure, yeah. Try going to a rock concert and getting home at one o'clock, and then having to get up at five because of the time difference. How you feeling? And then flying and coming down here to be with you guys. You're a rock star, dude. I'm ready. No, to he go. went to see a rock star. He did. That's yeah. true. The ultimate rock star. The Rolling Stones. Wow. Uh, all right, joining us now, he's our good friend Kent from Tech to Glass. He's been hanging out with us all day today, Kent, and I know there are a lot of cars out on the road. There's a lot of construction going on. I mean, it's people that are dealing with rock chips, man. they got to get that taken care of. Yeah, and if you guys are driving down in Utah County, there is a lot of traffic, debris, rocks, and unfortunately, with the temperature changes, uh, a lot of broken windshields out there. Uh, Tetna Glass has an amazing deal for your listeners tonight. It's only until 7 o'clock. Here's the deal. $99 windshield, $75 labor install. Over 85% of the vehicles qualify. Now, guys, to get uh, your $99 windshield, all they have to do is call before 7 o'clock to schedule their appointment. They don't have to get it done today. All they have to do is call. We've got operators standing by until 7 o'clock and schedule an appointment at their convenience. Also comes with those famous Tetanoglass warranties that everybody's talking about. So to get that $99 windshield tonight, call right now before 7 o'clock. That's 801-562-2200. That's 801-562-2200. Back to you guys. 
Thanks, Kent. All right, you don't have to get it done today, but you got to get on that schedule. Call them right now, 801-562-2200. 801-562-2200. More next here on the Roundtable Edition of the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Wrapping up a Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and boy, Gordon, we have a lot of people to thank today. Uh, another college football roundtable in the books, but first and foremost, we want to thank Marley's Gourmet Sliders out here in Linden, 555 South Geneva Road. Tippinogus Harley-Davidson building. They were gracious, gracious hosts, as always, and uh, provided for a really fun event today. The the problem is it's very hard to do a radio show when you can't stop eating. That is difficult, yes. Uh, If you've heard some munching in the back, these various chewing and whatnot, it's because we're all eating. It's because that's exactly what's happening. some slurping here with this... uh you went tackling the shake? How oh, was the shake? It is a thing of beauty. Yeah, not bad, huh? Yeah, it is. All right, you got to take advantage of it, but we also want to say a big, big thank you to all of our roundtable participants tonight. Thank you to Scott Girard, to Hans Olsen, to Tony Parks, to Austin Horton, uh, to David James, and, of course, to Patrick Kinahan. Gordon, it's pretty awesome that college football is almost here. Only a couple of days now. It is. It is. No bother me. I'm eating. Okay. Well, we'll uh, let Gordon do that. And with that, we want to say a big thanks to all of our listeners for listening as always we'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 the zone